Hi everyone, it's Joe Wigand from Medora, North Dakota, gateway to Theodore Roosevelt National Park and home to the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation. With their help, we're starting Teddy Talks. The April program is called 26 Days with the 26th President. Each and every day, I'll be reading at length from some of what uh, Theodore Roosevelt wrote and spoke during his lifetime. Uh, as we go through, uh, I hope that you'll understand why Theodore Roosevelt at the State Fair in Minnesota on Labor Day 1901 told the people there to speak softly and carry a big stick. You will go far. Teddy Talks are proudly presented by the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation in Medora, North Dakota. To learn more about visiting or supporting our mission to connect people to the Badlands for positive, life-changing experiences, go to Medora.com. Now, enjoy the pod. Good morning. Welcome to Teddy Talks. For Thursday, April 16th, 2020, I'm Joe Wiegand, coming to you from Medora, North Dakota, gateway to Theodore Roosevelt National Park, the place where the Northern Pacific Railroad crossed the Little Missouri in 1883, and a young Theodore Roosevelt came out to hunt a bison bull, uh, purchase some cattle before returning to New York City and his duties in Albany, New York, as a young New York General Assemblyman and would be a cattle rancher here, uh, 1884, 85, 86, terrible winter of 86, 87, taking most of the herd, most of his investment. But he said that this is where the romance of his life began. Here at Teddy Talks, we salute uh, history. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt wrote history himself, his winning of the West in four parts, uh, a wonderful addition to our history catalog so much of what he wrote about his adventurous life here in the West, in Africa, and in South America, among some of the wonderful histories that uh, Theodore Roosevelt has left to us. And in uh, 1912, also Theodore Roosevelt was elected president of the American Historical Association. And we may review some of uh, his writings uh, with regards to the, uh, to the discipline of studying history. Today in history, uh, on this date in 1859, the death of Alexis de Tocqueville. You'll often hear of de Tocqueville or Tocqueville uh, with regards to his Democracy in America, a two-volume set of his observations, often considered seminal in the fields of sociology and political science, uh, his review of our young democracy, uh, very insightful and inspiring in, in so many ways. In 1867, on Thursday, uh, on April 16th, 1867, uh, that was the birth of Wilbur Wright, uh, half of the Wright Brothers uh, uh, team, uh, famous now in Dayton, Ohio. He born in Millville, Indiana on this date. Uh, he died in 1912, but in 1908 and 1909, uh, the Wright Brothers had uh, sold two planes to the War Department under Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. And uh, it was uh, Wilbur's brother, Orville. I think Wilbur might have been in France at the time, uh, negotiating sales of Wright Flyers to uh, the French and other governments in Europe. 
and uh, it was Orville uh, who crashed uh, at an air demonstration at Fort Myer, and uh, it was uh, Lieutenant Selfridge that was killed, uh, the first passenger fatality uh, in an airplane accident. In 1881, on this date, April 16th, in Dodge City, Kansas, Sheriff Bat Masterson had his uh, fights in his last gun battle as the uh, sheriff of Dodge City, Kansas at the time. Theodore Roosevelt, during his presidency, would appoint uh, Bat Masterson to uh, the federal position uh, of uh, U.S. Marshal for the Southern District of New York. In writing, Mr. Masterson, a, a famed gambler, and a man who frequented the prize fights and would write for the New York newspapers on prize fighting. Uh, in 1905, Roosevelt wrote Masterson a letter in which he concluded with the, the lines, quote, You must be careful not to gamble or do anything while you are a public officer which might afford opportunity to your enemies and my critics to say that your appointment was improper. Uh, $2,000 a year, uh, equivalent to some... Uh, $56,000 today to be a, a Southern District of New York, United States Marshal. In this, uh, on this date in 1889, the birth of Charlie Chaplin, the British actor and comedian uh, born in London, England. And uh, while he would have been a, a young entertainer and performer, perhaps some of his uh, movies or vaudeville New York uh, performances being seen by the president, the, uh, the reason I like to include Chaplin here is that his uh, uh, World War II movie, The Dictator, and probably one of the finest pieces of anti-Nazi propaganda produced in the uh, Second World War, the year of the Second World War. So uh, if you are indeed uh, running out of movies to uh, see on your uh, uh, Netflix at, at home during these times, uh, you'll be inspired by the uh, and, and uh, entertained by the, uh, the wit of Charlie Chaplin. On this date in 1902, by presidential proclamation, uh, which could be done under the um, uh, under the uh, rules of the Forest Reserve Act, Theodore Roosevelt, President Theodore Roosevelt, could declare national forests uh, from amongst federal lands and did so on this date in Nebraska, declaring both the uh, uh, Niobrara and the Dismal River Forest Reserves in Nebraska, both of those forests. And on this date in 1915, the death of Senator Nelson W. Aldrich of Rhode Island. In most cases, uh, this uh, Republican stalwart was a, uh, an opponent of Theodore Roosevelt in the United States Senate, and I'm sure that we'll have an opportunity to uh, uh, discuss a bit more about the relationship between those two uh, the great figures, Theodore Roosevelt and Senator Aldrich, uh, during, uh, uh, during the weeks ahead. Uh, today, the highlight of our readings today is a presidential proclamation uh, number 804 uh, and this was issued by Theodore Roosevelt on this date April 16, 1908. It established Natural Bridges National Monument uh, as Utah's first national monument. A brief reading. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation Whereas a number of natural bridges situated in southeastern Utah, having heights more lofty and spans far greater than any heretofore known to exist, are of the greatest scientific interest, and it appears that the public interests would be promoted by reserving these extraordinary examples of stream erosion 
with as much land as may be necessary for the proper protection thereof. Now, therefore, I, Theodore Roosevelt, President of the United States of America, by virtue of the power invested in uh, by Section 2 of the Act of Congress, approved June 8, 1906, entitled An Act for the Preservation of American Antiquities, do hereby set aside as the Natural Bridges National Monument, subject to any valid interest or rights, at and surrounding each of the natural bridges located on the White Canyon and tributaries in San Juan County, State of Utah, by common report named by Horace J. Long as Augusta Bridge, Caroline Bridge, and Little Bridge, 40 acres in square form with sidelines running north and south and east and west, equidistant from the respective centers of said bridges. Warning is hereby expressly given to all unauthorized persons not to appropriate, injure, or destroy any of the natural bridges hereby declared to be a national monument, nor to locate or settle upon any of the lands reserved and made a part of said monument by this proclamation. In witness whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington the 16th day of April in the year of our Lord 1908 and of the independence of the United States the 132nd. Theodore Roosevelt, uh, by the President, witnessed by Robert Bacon, Acting Secretary of State, a uh, Harvard, uh, not classmate, not graduating in the same year, I believe, but Robert Bacon, part of the uh, of the Harvard uh, uh, team in the Roosevelt White House. I don't uh, have record of Theodore Roosevelt uh, uh, visiting uh, um, any of the bridges named here, uh, popular names, Augusta Bridge, Caroline Bridge, Little Bridge. But in 1913, prior to his adventure in Brazil, uh, former President Theodore Roosevelt, the country would refer to uh, uh, Colonel Roosevelt, uh, he made a trip to Arizona and to the Grand Canyon. Uh, he had along with him the youngest uh, of his sons, uh, both uh, Archie and Quentin, along uh, a long adventure, a lot of horse riding, and John Wetherill, a man famous in the uh, Navajo region of northern Arizona and southern Utah, would guide on horseback and mule train the Roosevelt out to Rainbow Bridge. Rainbow Bridge would be declared a national monument in 1910 by uh, President Taft. And uh, in 1913, the Roosevelt clan took a, uh, a quite an arduous trip on horseback. Today, visitors to Rainbow Bridge uh, visit by going on a, a boat uh, on Lake Powell. It takes you to uh, just a short hike away from Rainbow Bridge and uh, much less arduous than uh, what I think was a get in shape for Brazil trip for the former president's own. Uh, uh, Harvey Leake is the great-grandson of John Wetherill. If you'd like to uh, uh, see some of the books that Harvey Leake has written about uh, his grandfather and grandmother's adventures, uh, those are available, I'm sure. Send me a note if you'd be more interested. I've had a wonderful visit with Mr. Leake about uh, his grandparents and the role that they played in taking the Roosevelt out. 
So if I may, uh, uh, we'll conclude with a, a little reading about Theodore Roosevelt's time here in Medora. Um, uh, to answer for those that haven't been here since the, its inception, uh, maybe uh, the question comes up, uh, why Teddy Talks, why Medora, North Dakota? Teddy Talks comes from the idea that uh, in addition to being inspired and entertained by performances uh, in characters, Theodore Roosevelt, which I hope my audiences are, uh, those are entertainments done in the spirit of, say, Hal Holbrook doing Mark Twain, or James Whitmore performing as Will Rogers, or Harry Truman. It's an entertainment with a lot of history in there, but a good deal of storytelling. When we are able to, in Teddy Talks, get to some of the original documents, the original speeches and writings, uh, excerpts of Theodore Roosevelt in his own words, his own words which often don't translate easily into a stage performance, uh, but readings that in this format, hopefully either uh, here uh, at our live engagements or later in a podcast format uh, on YouTube or Spotify, with thanks to my friends at the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation for putting Teddy Talks in those formats. To hear him in his own words is quite an in inspiring thing for me, and I, I hope instructive or inspiring for some of you there. Theodore Roosevelt in that year, in 1913, also published his autobiography. And in that autobiography, he writes of his life uh, all the way from a childhood in New York City uh, to uh, his uh, adventures up to that date, including the 1912 campaign. But he writes about his coming to the Badlands of what was then Dakota Territory, North and South Dakota being one territory at the time, statehood coming in 1889. Uh, but when he uh, arrives in 1883 and 84, uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is the frontier uh, with regards to the fact that uh, uh, this had been passed over uh, when settlement occurred to the west and uh, great uh, uh, farms and ranches were springing up uh, to the west. These badlands were uh, uh, left unoccupied until the cattle ranchers followed the voyageurs and the fur trappers in this region the buffalo hunters most especially. But I thought uh, we'd conclude today with, uh, since we're, we're so brief with the uh, presidential proclamation, on days when we're very brief, I'll, I'll add a little bit of answering that question, why Medora? The place, by the way, where we have the nation's only national park named for an individual, Theodore Roosevelt National Park, and a place where we are going to build the Theodore Roosevelt Presidential Library and Museum more about that wonderful uh, program led by the state of North Dakota and Governor Burgum on future programs. Uh, but this maybe just to whet your appetite for a little bit more about uh, Medora and the Badlands and the Little Missouri and the, the ranch life here, the land that Theodore Roosevelt said, had it not been for his experiences here, he would have never been president. Uh, so from chapter four of the autobiography in Cowboy Land, just a, a reading of the first page, if I may. To answer that question, why, Medora? Though I had previously made a trip into the then territory of Dakota, beyond the Red River, it was not until 1883 that I went to the Little Missouri and there took hold of two cattle ranches, the Chimney Butte and the Elkhorn. It was still the Wild West in those days, the Far West, the west of Owen Wister's stories and Frederick Remington's drawings, 
the west of the Indian and the buffalo hunter, the soldier and the cow puncher. That land of the west has gone now, gone, gone with lost Atlantis, gone to the isle of ghosts and of strange dead memories. It was a land of vast silent spaces, of lonely rivers, and of plains where the wild game stared at the passing horsemen. It was a land of scattered ranches, of herds of long-horned cattle, and of reckless riders who unmoved looked in the eyes of life or of death. In that land we led a free and hardy life, with horse and with rifle. We worked under the scorching midsummer sun when the wide plains shimmered and wavered in the heat. We knew the freezing misery of riding night guard round the cattle in the late fall roundup. In the soft springtime, the stars were glorious in our eyes each night before we fell asleep. And in the winter, we rode through blinding blizzards when the driven snow dust burnt our faces. There were monotonous days as we guided the trail cattle uh, of the beef herds hour after hour at the slowest of walks, and minutes or hours teeming with excitement as we stopped stampedes or swam the herds across rivers treacherous with quicksands or brimmed with running ice. We knew toil and hardship and hunger and thirst. We saw men die violent deaths as they worked among the horses and cattle or fought in evil feuds with one another. But we felt the beat of hardy life in our veins Ours was the glory of work and the joy of living. Well, indeed, we're here in Medora because uh, we feel it, and we hope you'll feel it. The beat of hearty life in our veins, the glory of work, and the joy of living. When you're ready, we'll be here in Medora for a wonderful summer of uh, enjoyable activities and explorations in Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Uh, we have two more programs this week, Friday and Saturday, on Teddy Talks. Tomorrow, uh, Friday, April 17th, we'll have a message from Theodore Roosevelt at the White House to the Commercial Club of Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, a, uh, a new state uh, at that point, and Theodore Roosevelt speaking to the issue of uh, the treatment of the Indians of Oklahoma the uh, Native American community and uh, the feeling of responsibility Theodore Roosevelt uh, felt as president. And then on Saturday, April 18th, the anniversary, the 114th anniversary of the great San Francisco earthquake of 1906. I will uh, focus on Theodore Roosevelt's federal response of the use of the United States Army and Navy uh, in securing the uh, safety and welfare of the people of the greater San Francisco region, and also Theodore Roosevelt's, uh, uh, Theodore Roosevelt's opposition to the machine politicians of San Francisco, uh, who through their malfeasance left the people of San Francisco vulnerable uh, before and suffering during and after the San Francisco earthquake. So that's it for Teddy Talks today. Thank you for being with us. Uh, stay safe, stay well, stay home. And for those that aren't staying home, those that are uh, driving the trucks and working at the hospitals, to the nurses and doctors, to all of our uh, uh, law enforcement, uh, park rangers, uh, 
To everyone, stay safe, and we'll see you here tomorrow on Teddy Talks. Bully. <laughs> Have a great day.